Hello and welcome to Relatable. This is your host, Teresa Freeman. I speak with Sam Slevin. He's now a rising third year college baseball athlete at Randolph-Macon University. He gives us the inside scoop on the exciting things happening this summer. Hint, he may be playing for the Culpeper Cavaliers. And we spent a lot of time talking about his second year as a college athlete. Is there a big difference between D1 and D3 athletes? The answer might surprise you. How has he navigated burnout? How were things different compared to his first year? What happens when your coaches see a different path for your talent? And how do you handle that identity shift? And what happened when his coaches saw a different path for his talent? How did he handle that identity shift? Listen in to find out and enjoy this episode. It's great to see you and appreciate you taking the time to meet with us again. So now we're, um, I think this is our third conversation. So I talked to you before you went to school for the first time and then we talked last summer and now um, so interesting to kind of follow your path and see how things are going. Uh, So tell me about your summer. Let's start there with what you're doing right now because I think you're doing something pretty cool. So let's talk about that. So my Baseball coach at school um, set me up with a team in the Valley Summer League, which is um, a college baseball league that kind of takes place throughout. It's really Charlottesville to almost West Virginia and Northern Virginia area. Um, and I got sent to Culpeper, Virginia to play um, for the Cavaliers there. And I'm living up north of Culpeper with one of my teammates, um, which has been a good time. Uh, currently, I'm in Virginia Beach. I've been here for almost a week now, which is nice. Yeah. And I think tomorrow, tomorrow I'm headed back up to Culpeper to finish off the season. So. And how is that? It's like, is that a whole new team and all new people and new coaching staff? And, you know, it's just a yeah. completely different experience, I'm guessing. Yeah. It's a completely new team, completely new coaches, and there's guys from all over the the country, which is really cool. We've got a couple guys from Arizona, a couple guys from Texas, all coming together to play on a team. So it's really cool to meet those people and kind of gain new perspectives and new knowledge and things like that. Um, and even from the coaches too. It's it's been really cool. Would you say is there like a trying out component for that, or it's just your coach? says, hey, I've identified you for this, you know, is it not a club, but a, what is it? How would you, what do you call it? <laughs> it really just a, really just a college baseball team. And there was, it was kind of all set up through uh, my coach's contacts. There mm-hmm. was no tryout period. With this league, there is kind of, you could be on a temporary contract to start the season. So you would sign the contract for two weeks or so. Um, play for two weeks, see how you fit in with the team, fit in with the coaches. If it didn't work out, then they could send you to a different team or send you home. Mm-hmm. Um, if, and if it did, they could keep your contract throughout the summer. So that's, I guess that's kind of the tryout essence of it. Is there, is this like a feeder to 
if some people want to pursue this professionally, is this an opportunity to get more looks and to kind of further the whole trajectory of, Mm -hmm. of a college athlete? Yeah, this is a, it's a league where a lot of people that want to go pro go to, they get really solid looks from professional teams, which is really cool. Personally for me, not, I don't really have any interest in pursuing that, but I'm, I am very fortunate to get to play in that league and, get to be around those types of guys. It's really cool. So. Yeah. I, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you is just, you know, now that you've been at this at the college level for two years and you're playing this summer, wh- how is like your burnout factor? Like, do you still love it as much? Do you still, you know, is there any part of you that's like, man, two more years and then I'm sort of free of this? Or do you, you know, do you still love it as much? Is it like still as motivating to kind of get out there and do it? Yeah, it's you. There's kind of good days and bad days with it, honestly. Yeah, I have played a lot of baseball the past few months, which is it. It it does take a toll on your body, on your mind. But going from school ball, which is super uber competitive, you want to win every game no matter what it takes. You're putting in hours of practice and lifts and school on top of baseball when you're playing uh the college sport and it kind of switches up in the summer everybody becomes a little bit more loose um you're kind of just out there to have fun and the only the only thing that you have throughout the summer is baseball um there's not a bunch of other things stacked on top to add some stress to that so it's different it's a lot more loose you can kind of i don't want to say have fun because college ball is also super super fun yeah it's just kind of a different mindset to it but it is it's pretty exhausting. Yeah. It's, it's just a, a lot every day. And how many but are you playing you games? You know, how many games are you playing a week? Is it a lot of? We started out playing six games a week every day, but Monday. And then with rainouts and things like that, it's moved towards playing seven or eight games a week, which is, wow. I mean, it's, it's a it's lot. lot. Yeah. But if you learn to fall in love with it and have fun with it, it's a, it's a good Did time. you? Did you kind of know what you were signing up for? Or was this like another adventure for you in terms of like, yeah, this is new territory. I've, I've not quite done this before. So it's kind of a new yeah. thing. This was, it was sprung across me pretty late. Yeah. Normally, at least the Division One guys can kind of set up their summer pretty early. Mm-hmm. So they'll know in December, December or January where they're going to be in June and July. For me, I didn't find out until the last week of May that I was going to be sent up to Culpeper. I think it was three or four days later. And I didn't really get a chance to look at the schedule or how anything like that was going to be. They just kind of told me where to be and when to be there. And I just kind of took it from there. So it was it was definitely sprung across me, but you just really try to make the most of it. Can you say no or that's just an opportunity that given – it's a relationship with your coaches at school and what it represents. Like, would you be crazy to say no to something like that? Yeah, it's definitely, if it went, I don't think I'd be able to say no right off the bat because my coaches, they took a lot of effort and time to get me into a league of this quality. Um, So turning them down right there would have kind of been a definite red flag. But if say I went up there for a couple of weeks and it went super poorly and I just was not having a good time, uh, that's a time where I could talk to my coach, say this really isn't a good fit. 
and he'd be super understanding about that. But I, I think I got pretty lucky. Yeah, and, and good that's time, good. So. so you mentioned this. Well, just one more question about the summer. You said there, you know, kind of having exposure to these different type of athletes and some of the D one athletes. So what? What do you see that's different uh, from the level that you're playing at, or is that something you you can you see a difference between between players and w- what is that teaching you maybe in terms of what yeah. you're seeing? Honestly, the difference we have a couple. I think at this point, four or five Division three guys on the team, and the rest of them are Division one. And honestly. When I first got there, I thought there was definitely going to be a super, a definite line between uh, the differences between the two divisions. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the summer has kind of taught me the the opposite. Really? Like, which is it's cool. Like the division three guys on our team are competing just as just as intensely and just as well as the division one guys, and it's kind of just proven to me that the little guys can hang with the big guys too which is cool it's fun to see and it's fun like even on other teams watching division three guys just compete and kind of be on the same level with the division one just goes to show that college i mean being a college athlete is it's tough so yeah that's awesome it's almost like validating i would think you know Mm -hmm. even though they're they're, the way people think about it and frame it in terms Mm -hmm. of both from a you know, athletic capability, but also the rigors of what you're up against. You know, it's yeah. it's nice to know that even you know at your level, also it's it's as it's as grueling and as competitive and having yeah. to kind of keep up with yeah. everything. Let's talk about that a little bit for your second year. Maybe just step away from baseball for a minute and talk about just from a when you think about your second year and you think about just the academic and social aspects of of that experience. How how was that this year? And, and mm-hmm. um, you know, let's start there. How was it this year? How would you characterize it? Mm-hmm. I would just say compared to my freshman year, it just got a little bit more regular, rigorous and a little bit more real for me. Interesting. Because um, I decided to, I picked my major. Okay. Which is computer science. So. Nice. That's kind of, thank you. That's pretty much what the majority of my classes were focused on. And just getting deeper into that subject, the classes got more challenging. I wouldn't say less enjoyable because I, I really do enjoy working with computers and things like that, but it was definitely a lot more time consuming. So it, I would just say it's a, it just took a little step in advance from freshman year. I had to focus even more on uh, managing my time uh, the right ways, uh, managing relationships, uh, with my friends a little bit more carefully, but also it was, I felt so much more comfortable, uh, socially, I guess, than freshman year. Um, it was not, I, I remember my coming into freshman year was super difficult for me. Um, that did not happen at all. Sophomore year, I was super happy to be back at first. Um, and I'm super excited to go back for my third year. But yeah, it, it got more challenging, but also I was, I think I was a little more happy to be there yeah. and a little bit more accepting. Yeah. Um, so it was a blast. How would you say that it's funny you mentioned the, the kind of academic component of it and that pressure, like do you point around it getting a little bit more real? One of the things I had to ask you is just because I know you, you, you were someone that 
I think you did pretty well in high school and, and you know, you were pretty well positioned academically to, to go into this opportunity to be mm-hmm. a college athlete. But how how has your your approach to studying changed? Or if someone, you know, I think about our conversations and really where I think about like people that would listen to this or potential college athletes and maybe their parents, right? So I, I am curious for you, like what has changed in terms of how you've approached work? Or is it just time like you're just it's just more volume so you have to dedicate more time to it or are there actual like approaches or tools that you use that that maybe it came to you really easily before and now you really have to kind of come at it a different way tell me tell me how it's changed Relatable is sponsored by TFA Soft Skills your one-stop shop for workshops coaching speaking and soft skills development If you'd like to hire Teresa, visit www.tfasoftskills.com for more information. Yeah, so high school for me was, I don't want to say, because it definitely was not a total breeze, but I, I did not find myself spending much time out of school on studying and things like that. So my freshman year was, that was the wake up call as there was the work itself was more difficult and there was a lot more of it. So I kind of freshman year was my time to dedicate different ways or try to try to find different ways to study. Freshman year is the time to do that because you're taking your gen ed classes that aren't super uh, challenging, uh, just on paper. Uh, but finding a way that works with you study-wise is super important to do that freshman year. So when I came in sophomore year, I knew exactly what worked for me. Mm-hmm. And I stuck to that from day one till the end of the year um, and ended up being very successful. So, But I feel like if I didn't learn what I needed to do freshman year, I would have been pretty much hopeless. Uh, this year with the amount of work that that it uh, had so and is that a, I mean not to be too like tactical about it but is that mm-hmm. like memorization is it just setting up setting time is it like you're going to class obviously you're listening in class and then are you are you coming back and like rereading that or you're getting ahead of when something's due in two weeks you're kind of working on that iteratively so or like incrementally so it's not you know mm-hmm. is are is it those kinds of things or is there like in terms of how you're keeping yourself organized um it for me i'm a super simple studier other i know people that uh, love to do flashcards mm-hmm. and different memorization things like that for me the thing that works the best is to make sure while i'm in class especially on lecture days which it's tough to just sit there and listen and take good notes, but it's super important to do. Sometimes I catch myself slacking in class, but I kind of snap out of it. Um, but taking good notes in class is so important. And for me, what I really just have to do is to kind of honestly just read through the notes again before I'm taking quizzes or exams, read through that. And for me, once I read part of my notes, it, that's what kind of clicks my mind exactly. I can kind of remember what the lecture was about, um, remember the details from that. And then also in, I guess, different 
it depends on what type of classes right. you're in. But for me, I was in a lot of math, computer science type of classes. And I would just do practice problem after practice problem until I could do it with my eyes closed pretty mm -hmm. much. And that's, for me, that's what worked. Um, for other people, that's not how they study. But for per personally, that was, that was my go-to. And is that like you said from a, that has to, that's the priority. So, so if you know that that's coming or you have something Mm -hmm. regardless of what's pulling you in terms of distractions and right there's always going to be something to do yeah. that's the oh, thing yeah. right when you're yeah. when you're at school like there's always somebody that wants to hang out mm -hmm. there's always food yeah. that's like right around the corner so there's just lots of ways to be distracted or to kind of mm -hmm. avoid having to kind of sit down and and do the actual discipline of that so so mm -hmm. maybe that's part of it too is just actually being disciplined to do it <laughs> Definitely. Tell us about your, how was your season last year? How did the team do? Let's start there. Mm -hmm. Overall, it was super successful. Um, we ended up, I think we, at the start of the season, we tied the program record for consecutive wins at the start of the season, I think, um, nine or 10, something like that. And we had a super successful, pretty much first three quarters of the season. The last quarter, we kind of slowed down a little bit. We still made made our conference tournament. We ended up making um, an NCAA regional with an at-large bid, which was really cool. We got to travel to Johns Hopkins to play in their regional, which was that was a super cool experience. Um, I think we ended up losing. We went one and two in that regional to end our season, but that was the first time um in four or five years that our team went to a regional so wow. it was definitely a step in the right direction for sure yeah fun. was there a lot of people there in terms of supporters and like people was did it feel like from a crowd perspective or are you getting a yeah. little bit more like oh this is real deal yeah it, it felt it felt pretty cool the stadium was it was pretty packed um and i obviously with family and from both both teams but yeah i think there was also just baseball fans which is cool yeah so. that's great and then how how did you feel in terms of just your physical well-being how was that and how how mm -hmm. did you feel about like your playing time and all of that yeah so physically what this was honestly probably my most healthy yeah so i never really I never had a nagging type of injury thing. There's always kind of exhaustion and things like that that'll come with the season. But and playing time wise, this was definitely my it was very successful for me pitching wise. And that's kind of been the focus for me this past year. Um, I wouldn't say I'm making a total transition from both hitting and pitching, which is what I've been used to for the past couple of years. Uh, this past year, and I think the years to come will be very pitching focused for me, which I've totally fallen in love with pitching. I think it's amazing. But yeah, for me, I think we ended up, we played 40, 40 something games and I pitched in 22 of them, which it was also, I tied the program record for appearances in a game, which is, which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was great. And that's a lot. I'm just looking to 
keep it up. Keep going from there. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure, right? In that position for sure. And, and like a lot of exposure. How does it, how did mm -hmm. that feel to kind of take that on? It felt good that my coaches would have the confidence in me to, cause my kind of role, I would pitch in kind of just like the high leverage spots in a game um, to kind of cool everything down. Mm -hmm. So I would go in, in the middle of an inning with base, base runners on, um, finish an inning kind of things like that. Um, and it was, it felt really good to kind of see all the work I was putting in pay off and really got to see results on the field. But it also comes, there's with moments like that, there's going to be when you have success, it's incredible. It's a great feeling, but also when you don't and you end up giving up runs, it kind of bears a heavy weight. So it's like the glory and the, you exactly. the two exactly. sides of the coin, right? You can't kind of can't get one without the other. I know when you last year, when we talked, you know, you were a little disappointed. I think there was like, you had some injury and it just didn't, you didn't get to play as much. So when you mm -hmm. said like you put in the work, tell me a little bit about, what that looked like and how you were able mm -hmm. to kind of dig out of that. Yeah. So obviously it comes just with team practices and things like that every day, starting from pretty much when you arrive at school, there's going to be lifts three, four days a week practices almost every day besides one or two. And that goes on for pretty much the whole year. But the thing with that is, Everybody on the team is doing that. Everybody on the team is lifting three, three, four times a week. Everybody's going to the practices. So obviously it depends on how hard you put, how hard and how hard you work during those things. Mm -hmm. But it's also it's more about what you do beyond that to kind of separate yourself from the guys um, that you're competing with to get on the field. So that's when it, so extra hitting, extra throwing after practice, before practice on off days, things like that. Um, and a really big thing too is making, cause as a team, there's, there's not a lot of um, body care and just like stretching and things like that. That's, it's just something that you can do on your own. That's simple. It takes 15 minutes a day that not a lot of people do. But it it separates you so much because that type of thing is going to keep you on the field and keep you injury free. So when you do get your time to get on the field, you're not coming off. So that's really interesting. It's almost like that whole idea of like, and we haven't. Even, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but just the like the fuel aspect as well, like what you're putting in your body, and mm -hmm. um, and then kind of the, to your point, it's almost like your intention, like how, how intentional are you about the whole thing? And the, like, it's that holistic experience, not just like mm -hmm. showing up when everyone else is and just showing up to right. play. Right. It's like, it's really, yeah. it seems like it's almost a lifestyle choice of like yeah. how you're oh, approaching totally. it. Yeah. It's kind of like, you're not just a baseball player or you're not just an athlete when you're on the field that you play on. It's kind of, you, you do, it's, it's very holistic your sleep the way you eat um everything you do off the field will, will reflect how you do on and if you really buy into that approach that's that's when you start seeing these big strides interesting so mm. um let me ask you this question like from uh 
now that you've done this for two years, um, someone that's considering playing in college, I think, you know, there's a lot of conversation about what people think it's going to be. And then they, and based on those assumptions, they make decisions whether to pursue it Mm. or not. So you'll hear a lot of people say it's like having a full-time job while, while you're at school. And so I'm curious from your perspective, being in it, how much more, I don't know how to explain it. Like, obviously it's a time commitment, so that's kind of an easy out answer, but it's more about like the experience you're having, what you wanted to get out of it mm-hmm. and and what you have to sacrifice for it. And like, if you love playing and you're someone that um, is on the bubble about going to play because you're just not sure how committed you are or you really enjoy it, but you could be a little bit burnt out after. I mean, a lot of kids play sports, you know, yeah. now from like three oh, years yeah. old till they're 18. And it's like, you could be mm-hmm. really good enough to get that look. But is it like, is that extra drive and commitment and you really, you really got to want to do it in order for it to, yeah. to be successful given what you're expected to do? Yeah, I would say that like you do going into it, you're definitely going to have to know that you're going to have to make time sacrifices for the sport you want to play. Yeah. And the the comparison you said about it being a full-time job, like time-wise, totally for sure. Yeah. Um, But it's also probably the most fun full-time job you're ever going to work in your life. So I would say if you have the idea that you think you could play a college sport, for me, just through, through my experience, 100%, I would go for it. Um, and it's, for me, baseball, like you said, I've been playing baseball since I was four or five years old. It's just, it feels refreshing going into college. It's not like you're getting burnt out. At least, they could just totally be my personal experience, but it feels like a new sport every place that you go. Mm. Um, you're meeting new people and the guys that are going to be on your team, you guys, you're basically doing everything together. You're living together, sleeping together, eating together, playing your sport together. You guys will, you basically become like siblings within the first two weeks that you're living on campus. Um, and I also think it's, not something you can take for granted either playing a sport in college it, it's special no matter where you are and if you have the opportunity to do it i would say go for it yeah but. i love that the that distinction of yeah it's work but it's you know it's the, like to your point around it's the best work ever and i think that community of people especially within the construct of college like having mm-hmm. that unit of people that are your family and you have a support system and certainly there's a lot of people there to from a coach's perspective to help you know help you on that path right if you if you need some additional support so from that mm-hmm. that perspective i think that that certainly helps balance out some of what the expectations yes. are cuz there's just infrastructure there that's going to help position you to be successful beyond right it's not just about mm-hmm. the sport they they can help you in other ways too um and then you know i i think about it from you i don't know if you can if you're able to do this now that you're kind of in it in the thick of it but when you kind of think about your expectations going into this i know we asked the same question of you last year but like between now your first and second year 
going into this year? You know, how, how did it meet your expectations or, or how did it end up being a bit different than you thought it was going to be? And are you just talking from an athletics perspective? Either way. Yeah. Or... Either way. Okay. Yeah. I would say that at least academically, socially, it was kind of pretty much exactly what I was looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I got to this year, I was living with eight baseball guys. We were still in a dorm, um, but we all kind of lived right next door to each other. So that was amazing. It was so much fun. Um, and that's exactly what I was looking forward to academically too. I knew I was leaning towards computer science, taking those classes. So my expectations for socially and academically kind of nailed it pinpoint. I would say, honestly, they probably exceeded my expectations in a very good way. That's it was great. incredible. Yeah. Um, athletically, it was just, I wouldn't say that I either exceeded or didn't meet my expectations. It was just a little more different than I expected. I kind of, I would have never guessed that I would pitch as much as I pitched, but I also wouldn't have guessed that I would be only a pitcher, which I guess you're just going to have to deal with those challenges and those, it's not always going to go exactly the way you think. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it does, you're probably lying to yourself. Um, So there's going to be stuff thrown at you that you don't necessarily love or you don't necessarily think is going to happen, but everybody deals with it. It happens to everybody. So you can't feel so sorry for yourself. You just, you just have to keep going. It's interesting. It's the, I keep thinking of the word pivot, right? Where you, you know, you're Mm -hmm. given a scenario and we talked about this before you went into your first year with the whole COVID business and everything that you kind of went through then. And I, you know, here's yet another time where you're, it's, I think it's, and then this applies to people in all walks of life, no matter what you're doing, but you're, you're faced with something or a decision you have to make of like, am I on board? <laughs> am I like in the mm-hmm. boat and do I agree? Yeah. And can I, can I do this the way people want me to do it? Or is it a moment to say like, I'm out, you know, because it doesn't mm-hmm. meet what I, what, what I thought I should be doing. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, what's interesting as you evolve and mature and, and you grow in life, like you start to get exposure to other people that maybe do know better or have a perspective that you don't, or, you know, you're in a very competitive, so you kind of, <laughs> I mean, it's a much more clear, uh, here's what you're doing. You don't, you know, it's not like yeah. you can necessarily negotiate that, but I do think sometimes it's okay to say, you know, maybe these people know better than me or they have mm-hmm. some additional experience or expertise that's going to, help me to yeah. use my strengths to the best of my ability. And then, yeah. you know, so I think it's great that you're able to one, recognize that it wasn't perfect or what you would have written right. in terms of the script, mm-hmm. but that you were able to get joy out of it and see, yeah. you know, what they were thinking. Teresa's new book, Soft Skills I Learned the Hard Way is out and available on Amazon. She writes about many epic fails throughout her career and how she learned from them so you don't have to. This book is full of cheat codes for how you can differentiate yourself when it matters, like in interviews, trying to get a promotion, or being a first-time leader. As always, thank you, Relatable Community. We are so grateful for your support and continued listenership. As of today, we are 8,000 listeners and 15 countries strong. Now back to the show. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it was, I had a couple pretty long conversations with um, all of my coaches at school. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would ask me for my expectations of myself and things like that. Um, and then they would say what they, they thought I was going to do in the season. Um, and it, when you're sitting in that in the chair with all your coaches around you, and all four of them that have more experience than you agree with with something that you don't, that's a time to kind of reflect and be like, well, they're probably they're probably right. Um, so even if it's not exactly the way that I wanted it to go, I was super grateful that I was, I just kind of hopped on board with what they saw for me, even if I didn't necessarily love it at the time. I was so, at that point, I was so bought in to just the team winning. Mm-hmm. It didn't, like, personally, it didn't really matter to me how much I played or where I played. I really just wanted to win. And when the coaches told me that pitching was my way to help the team win, it was kind of a no-brainer for me to just go with it um, and let them let them do what they do with me. Um, and it worked out, so... Yeah, and like, what about um, something I keep thinking about in terms of your ability to like build relationships with the coaching team, and like, how does that factor in to the success of it all? Like that, you know, you've now spent two years with these people, right? And they get to know you, and you get to know them, and you're kind of building trust. And I, I suspect mm-hmm. that how you've cultivated relationships with them and what they've seen you do with like your extra diligence and work. Do you, how do you think that factors into, to you, you know, for them figuring mm-hmm. out the spot, so to speak, when it wasn't yeah. kind of what you were originally tasked to mm-hmm. do? So honestly, the more time you spend with the coaching staff, the more trustworthy they're going to get with you and the more honest they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody coming into their freshman year, the coaches, I don't, they don't lie, but they want to make sure that in your head, your freshman year, you're the most valued person on the team. That's what they want to make you feel like. Um, But as you get to know the coaches personally, you kind of build that trust and they build that honesty with you um, that they can have the tough conversations that maybe this isn't going super well, but we see that you could really help the team in a different aspect. Um, So building that um, kind of rapport with your coaches in that aspect, you end up having a better relationship, even if it's not the easy conversation to have. That's what I think it makes the team better. And it probably makes both the player and the coach happier people. Um, instead of just resenting each other for not not the lying, but the kind of making it seem something better than it than it is, I guess. Do you think it's inflated because it's such an adjustment, and so they're trying to position people as best as they can? Like if you mm-hmm. if you as a freshman have any doubts that's obviously going to impact your ability to play and your ability to mm-hmm. to be part of that new unit. And so do you think yeah. part of that inflation is like you kind of need that in order to get mm-hmm. people to that kind of ego, I don't want to say ego, but maybe it is a little bit no, of yeah. that confidence. So if I 
if the coaches my freshman year were like, you are going to pitch maybe once or twice and you might hit, have like three get bats, then I would be, I would be like, well, why am I here? Why am I, why am I putting in all this work? So your freshman year, that's when you have the conversations, like you really just need to wait for your time. And obviously there's going to be freshmen that come into the, to the program and just crush it. That it just, it looks like it comes easy to them. They're going to play every game, but for the majority of freshmen, it's going to be an adjustment to be coming from being probably the star player on your high school team to kind of completely restarting your freshman year of college and sitting on the bench, um, waiting your turn to play. But that's when you have a conversation with the freshman that you just need to wait for your time. Promise you it's going to come. It always does, but you just got to be patient. And then as you mature and as you age, that's when you have the honest conversations and the tough conversations. And that's kind of how that changes. I feel like that's a, what a great way to describe it. And I think it's really helpful for people that are mm -hmm. maybe either exactly where you are. Because, <laughs> you know, it's like each year you're having to, I would think, like kind of reinvent and redefine yourself as a player mm -hmm. because there's new talent coming in. I mean, this is where the, the rub is, right? Like to your point, like you're aging. <laughs> You know, yeah. and there's lots of talent. And so that idea of like each year and it, I mean, funny enough, it, it does somewhat translate to the working world and it translates to you, you know, each year you get an annual review, each year you're sort of assessed against your peers, you're assessed about what you're going to do, you know, what did you do this year? And then what are you going to do next year that's going to make you productive? And so yeah. a lot of what you're experiencing is just setting you up. Um, and I, one of the things I wanted to ask you as I'm thinking about it is just from a baseball perspective and then the, now you're in computer science and you're living in, you're having more, there's more to you than baseball. And are you, are you starting to see that? Because I think one of our first conversations, you were like, I am baseball. Like you're just, that was your yeah. whole identity. And now mm -hmm. we're two years in and some change with the summer. And how do you see yourself? compared to, to that conversation where it was like yeah. so much of your identity? I would say even these first two years, when I would introduce myself, I would I would kind of say, hey, I'm Sam, go to Randolph Macon to play baseball. That was pretty much it. <laughs> um, yeah. But on, like even just last year, that was, that was kind of where I was. And that's kind of what I'm working to change uh, my junior year. Um, so I decided I'm going to work or I'm, I have a job on campus now. I'm like one of the orientation kind of captain people. Oh, nice. um, so, I'll, yeah, I'll get a group of incoming freshmen, probably 20, 20 freshmen. And I'm, I'll pretty much be their mentor for their freshman year. And as I was interviewing for that job, that was kind of one of the biggest points is like up to this point in my college career, what have I really done to make it make a difference in the school and my community um, besides being a baseball player. So I think this is going to be, it'll be really cool for me to meet these people and kind of show them through my experience, my freshman year that it's, it's going to be okay. Yeah. So, and I think yeah. it just broadens you as a human too, right? It's like a wholly different mm -hmm. experience you're going to meet. Like, even if you think about peers, 
that are also other orientation leaders, right? They're probably not athletes or maybe not a lot of them. So it'd just be interesting mm -hmm. that in terms of different walks of life. Yeah. Um, so that's you. That's a great segue to like, what are you, your hopes for as we, you know, as you think about mm -hmm. next year, what are some of the things, your expectations for yourself? What are you looking for so that we can, when mm -hmm. we meet again, we can check in? Yeah. Let's see. Um, Super, super excited for the orientation uh, captains mm -hmm. and meeting my meeting. We call them a crew, a crew of freshmen. I think that's going to be really fun for me. I I have super high expectations for it. Mm -hmm. I've heard from the people that have done it before that it is so much more difficult than <laughs> like I think right now. Uh, okay. So I'm kind of naive about it, I think, but I am very excited academically i this is kind of just a mental goal for me i want to i don't want to say lower my standards for myself because i always want to do the best that i possibly can but i still have an issue of defying myself on grades it, it just i feel like it's just not healthy for me to stress so much for something that's it's so minuscule and yes, getting good grades is important, but having a healthy lifestyle is much more. Um, so that's a goal that I'm going to set for myself, not to get worse grades, obviously, but to kind of make less of a, a It's a, the perfectionist problem, right? Right. Like you have right. to be perfect exactly. at every single thing you do. And yeah. there's room. It, when you're someone mm -hmm. that's so focused on being perfect, you, you do miss out, right, on some of the yeah. other aspects of just an enjoyable life mm -hmm. because you're yeah, so exactly yeah yeah um and then i guess from a baseball perspective i don't i don't know if i want to set individual goals for mm -hmm. myself because i feel like individually i've i've had i've had my success i hope obviously i hope that i will but after these first two years i i really just i really want to win win something because we haven't we haven't won a conference tournament haven't won of regional we made it there which is which is a step in the right direction but i want to do everything i can to to win that would yeah. be cool so that is awesome well honestly i so appreciate you checking in with us and i know when do you go yeah. back to play in a couple days this yeah i'll be i'll go back up to my summer league tomorrow and that'll end the last week of july so i'll be there for two or three weeks um, and then I'll head to school last week of August, I think. So you'll have a little time so at I'll, home between yeah, so the... Yeah. Oh, good. Well, yeah. thank you again. You're such a trooper. Yeah. I, <laughs> I really appreciate you spending time with us. I hope that we can um, somehow, you know, meet you all in person. I don't know how we got to figure that out, but so we can get our yeah. families together. That would be great. And um, as always, I just, you know, I do think about you throughout the year and I just, I wish you the best success and I, I can't wait to hear about all the cool things you're going to do and kind of the lessons learned along the way. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Sam, for coming back to the podcast and being on our show. It's such a pleasure to catch up with you each year and see how things are progressing. Here are some things that stood out for me in our discussion. One, tap into that extra gear, whether it's for academic or athletic performance. 
It may mean a sacrifice at the time, but it pays off later. It's important to form good steady habits as a college athlete, <laughs> learn how to manage your time and relationships, and it feels really good to know your major as it helps to create an identity outside of sports. Thank you to Missy for producing this episode and Hannah for your support. A big thank you to our relatable community. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment and subscribe and rate us on your favorite streaming platform. Relatable is sponsored by TFA Soft Skills and you can find more information about Relatable and our sponsor by visiting tfasoftskills.com. Until next time, this is Teresa Freeman with Relatable. Stay connected.